Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and the true power of what is unseen. Let's discuss dreams, intuition, manifesting, as above, so below, angels, afterlife, the science of consciousness, and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. I hope every episode informs, inspires, and illuminates. So, now the scene is set, Allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores to see what mystery lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. I have a true luminary for you today, and it's one of the blessings of doing this podcast that I get to speak to people that I would, I really want to speak to, but perhaps couldn't otherwise. So I feel truly blessed that this ray of light is here today. Her name is Suzanne Giesman, and she's a messenger of hope and the founder and teacher of The Awakened Way a path to knowing who you are and why you're here. She's regularly included on lists of the most spiritually influential people alive. She's also, now this is fascinating, a a former US Navy commander who served as a commanding officer and aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But today, she provides stunning evidence of the existence of universal consciousness and our interconnectedness. She teaches proven methods that anyone can use to connect with all levels of consciousness. And I can't wait to speak to her. Hello, Suzanne. Well, hi, Teresa. Thanks for having me on the show. Will you bring real authority with you? Um, I I feel truly blessed. But for people who are new to you, because this is mainly a UK based podcast, and I know you're, you're very well known in the States, particularly, would you mind just explaining to people who you are? what you do, why you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that biography pretty much stated all of it. But to, to me, I'm just a normal person. I grew up in a regular family and in, in, with no religious background, no spiritual training at all. And always wanted to go into the military because from a very young age, I had an older brother who was in the Air Force. And so I went to college and immediately upon graduating, went to officer training school. And got a commission in the Navy and spent a full career there, 20 years as a Navy officer. And and I, I suppose it's because of my attention to detail, my very left brain side of me, that, that I worked my way up to, as you said, commanding officer and ultimately was asked by the head of the entire United States Armed Forces, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, to be his aide, which was just a thrill to, to fly on the president's aircraft with him and to fly around the world and meet kings and queens was a was a great honor. But I was in the last aircraft in U.S. airspace on September 11th, 2001. And that up close and personal experience showed me that life is too short not to live your dreams. So my husband and I literally sold our house and cars. And the day I retired from the Navy, we went sailing into the sunset and ultimately sailed across the Atlantic Ocean. We're sailing around the Mediterranean 
and got the news that my stepdaughter had been struck and killed by lightning. And that event catapulted me in a completely different direction, the one you spoke of, that now I, I teach others that we are not only human, that we are also souls and that we can communicate with the souls of anyone because we are consciousness itself. Absolutely. And bereavement often is a catalyst, isn't it? For- it, it sure is. Yeah, we, we sometimes we get very complacent and comfortable in our roles here, even when we suffer. But it takes great suffering sometimes to say there has to be something more. And there is. I know you say it was like a, a light bulb moment, really, for you. Um, obviously, this was must have been a massive shock. And you'd had this incredible career really at such a high level. But there must have been stages before that, perhaps when you were looking beyond the material. Or was it very much like, you know, when your stepdaughter died, that was the moment? That was the moment. Really, I had no indication that I had the ability to communicate across the veil before then. I had been curious about people who are called mediums. And I had looked into astral travel and and metaphysics fascinated me, but I never did anything with it. But when Susan died, the pivotal moment for me was seeing her body in the coffin. As visual as that is, uh, it's, it's a moment that changes many of us. When you see how drastically the body changes when that which enlivens it, the spirit is no longer present it becomes obvious that there is something that is apart from the body and yet not apart from it, if that paradox makes sense. And I knew then and there that you can't kill the spirit. And I made it my mission to connect with Susan. And I did. And many others. Wow. Uh, You're right. I mean, uh, I I worked in a hospice many, many years ago, and it is like looking at um, a coat. That's how I can almost describe it. When, when, when the spirit's gone and when people have passed, if you sit with people when they're passing, it's almost like they're taking off a coat and the coat, you know, still reminds you of them, but it's not them. Their essence is gone, hasn't That's it? Their, it. Their, their spark, you know. I, I think that remarkable Mary Fry poem kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Um, Do not stand at my grave and weep. Oh, do you know that's the poem we put on on the uh, eulogy page that I created on the internet for her, that very poem. Interesting that you would bring that one up. Oh, wow. I, I think that should be required reading throughout schools, throughout life. It just kind of sums up the spiritual message so powerfully. But I'm intrigued. I mean, so you, you found that your, your gifts kind of awakened and you could feel a connection with her, but not just her, with everyone and everything. Is that what is this what you're, I'm talking about here? Yes, but that's really, I condensed it quite a bit because it wasn't immediate. When I left that funeral, Susan's funeral, I knew that I had to connect with her somehow through silencing my mind. And this was in 2006 when meditation was not as mainstream as it is now. So mm-hmm. without studying any practices, without knowing what I was doing, I just sat quietly every day without fail and said, Susan, I want to feel you. I want to sense you. Please come to me. And it actually took three years until I had the most astounding, clear connection with her. But in the meantime, that practice opened me to adventures in consciousness that I never could have imagined. So that was key. 
did did you train with anyone or this was very much from inside out um, it was, you know, it was totally inside out but what the the next pivotal moment because it this has unfolded in stages was about a year after she passed i took my husband to a medium and i really it was for myself but i wanted him to go with me and it's funny, Teresa, because he told me years later, he didn't even know what a medium was. He just went along because it was something I wanted to do. What a, what a good husband he is. And, uh, and this was my one hope that somebody who didn't know anything about us could show me with evidence that she was connecting with Susan. And that one hour with this woman completely rocked my worldview and sent me looking for even more answers because there was no denying that she was talking to Susan. Wow. 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 I mean, I, I have a, I kind of, um, you know, I've worked with mediums and, and scientists who research mediums and I'm kind of like at this stage in my life, I'm kind of like a part of me is very drawn to them, but a part of me also worries that um, it can lead to dependency Ah. on a medium and and I, I love when I was researching you that you do emphasize on everybody having their own mediumistic ability because um, I, I do get concerned when people feel that they have to keep going for repeat visits to a medium to get that connection which I've seen happen as well I'd, I'd love your thoughts on that oh well absolutely I agree with you because we all can connect with our own loved ones they're talking to us all the time so why not invest the time to learn to hear them. And that starts with quieting the mind. My, my favorite practice that I have online, because you're right, I dedicate my, all my work to teaching people to do this for themselves, is uh, what I call the SIP of the divine. It's on YouTube, and this SIP stands for sit in peace. And it's just a three-minute practice of sitting quietly every day. You get to ask a question and hopefully even get an answer from higher consciousness. But just that that investment of three minutes a day can shift the way you perceive reality. I mean, meditation really is the magic pill, isn't it? I mean, for people who said they've not had any kind of supernormal experience, just a simple course of meditation can unlock that. That's right. But most, most people listening, you know, I would, you know, I think it's the majority now um, when research is done have had some kind of supernormal experience, a dream coming true, a sense of a departed loved one, an intuitive hunch. So we're actually speaking to the majority, Suzanne, and all my life, because I've been writing about this forever, I thought I was speaking to a tiny niche <laughs> well not are we <laughs> well people are afraid what will others think of me and mm. and being in this field now and the more I talk about it you see people's eyes open up then they want to pull me aside and say let me tell you what happened to me because everybody has had these what I call noe moments no other explanation than that we're part of something greater one big web do you know, you sound like the scientists that I, I, I collaborate with. They always say that when they talk to their peers about this, there's silence in the room and disapproval. <laughs> but then they finish their talk and then one by one, people individually, this other scientists come to them and say, you know, you've got a point. This happened to me or I had that dream. Mm -hmm. But why is it that people are so scared to be associated with it? Well, from the scientist's point of view, I've had some very esteemed scientists admit that because of the bias 
towards right brain activity that we can't prove, that subjective versus the objective scientific world, scientists are afraid of losing their funding. It comes down to money. And, you know, and, and it's certainly when your whole work relies on replicable, validatable, objective <laughs> evidence, yeah. then the subjective world becomes a bit squishy and touchy and they're just not willing to go there. And yet everything boils down to personal experience. Absolutely. And, and that's the inner world, isn't it? this invisible yes. inner world within us. I'm glad you mentioned funding, actually, because when I was working with um, neuroscientist Dr. Mossbridge on the Premonition Code, looking into research into this, it's interesting, a lot of funding, the Navy, didn't it, funded research into pre-sentiment, sixth remote sense. Remote viewing, yeah, remote, remote viewing. viewing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, is that still ongoing? Were you ever aware of that when you were working? I was not. I found out about it later, and I know that mostly the army was involved in that. But uh, I don't know if it's ongoing or not. But it, I mean, it's a kind of an innate sixth sense we have. If you can sense the future better, that can save lives. And I, I just find that really open-minded that the military went there. And, and, you know, I call it spidey sense, I believe, the military, you know, having this sense of, of, of when danger's there. But, oh, it's so interesting. <laughs> but can you tell me now, I mean, the reaction from your peers, I'd like to go back to that. When you took this dramatic, it is dramatic, change yes. of direction for people who knew you very well as a person you were then in the Navy. What was the reaction? Are you still in touch with those people? Have people cast you off? Well, I had already retired from the military and and had been retired several years, three years when Susan passed. And this unfolded two years after that. Um, So you can see my my mediumship ability unfolded before I even connected with Susan clearly, which is quite interesting. But uh, the few friends who I still maintained a link with are just like the others we spoke of. So intrigued, excited. Uh, We have a wonderful documentary about my story. It's called Messages of Hope, and it's on YouTube. And we reenacted the scene where I shared it with the other uh, senior enlisted aide to the chairman. I was the senior officer aide. And this sergeant and I got together. He's now the CEO of his own company. And we got together at a fancy steakhouse restaurant. And I I, uh, I told him what I was up to, and he was a guy who always had his cell phone to his ear and mover and shaker, and he reached down and he turned his phone off and he turned to look at me and said, I want to hear more. He was ready to, he said if it had been anybody else, he would have been out the door, you know, waiter, check please. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he said that he knew me from our time together in uniform, and he knew that if I said that the spirit world is real and I'm now talking to those who inhabit it, he was really intrigued by that. I have other colonels and lieutenant colonels and commanders and captains. Three-star general in the Marines just attended one of my classes on mediumship. It made my day to see that openness. And it's very funny. The one person who used to intimidate me, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he, was, he intimidated everyone. He was a very, uh, he had a very commanding presence. Uh, he's the one that said he didn't want to have any association with this work and me. Mm -hmm. And at, and I turned around and I, I said to him, I stood up, it was like David and Goliath. And I said, are you saying that 
I'm faking this or I'm a fraud. And he came back and he said, I just don't understand it. And I said, well, I can assure you that it's very real. And, and it was like that moment where I stood up to him. And so it doesn't matter to me what anybody thinks. It didn't even matter what he said. I know the truth. I know how healing and helpful this work is. And so I've just embraced it fully. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you had. And when you said um, what, what you were just mentioning made me think of Jung, um, that quote, I refuse to commit to the fashionable stupidity of dismissing everything I don't understand as fraud. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the godparent of dream interpretation already saying that because we do do that. If we don't understand something, it has to be wrong. It has to be That's flawed. Right. It has to be fraud. Um, and, you know, they're very easier ways for you to spend your oh. life, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, gosh. But, you know, it, it, my husband might tell people that I'm obsessed with consciousness and, uh, yeah. and all of that. I just call it love. And it's my greatest passion. And it's my burning desire to share with others how you can tap into your deepest essence, which really is yeah. divine love. And have you noticed since the pandemic, when, of course, all these externals, how we identify ourselves externally, you know, through jobs, uh, appearance, health, et cetera, relationships, how that was all kind of thrown up in the air. Have you, did you find that there was a resurgence of interest in the inner world? Oh, without a doubt, because people had nothing to do. So they started watching <laughs> webinars <laughs> and they they couldn't help but be feel isolation and how uncomfortable that is. So it's, yeah. it's brought us more together and understanding that relationship is what this experience in a human body is all about. I mean, there's no point, you know, defining yourself by these externals. I mean, sooner or later, we all come to that realization. And um, hopefully, the sooner you come to it, the better, the more fulfilling life you have. It's, it's really tragic when people very late in life suddenly realize that. And it's like, you know, trying to find that meaning, that oh, sense yeah. of, you know, the inside out approach to life, which I keep going about. And of course, everybody was dreaming, weren't they, during the lockdowns as well, because they had the leisure to sort of stay in bed a bit longer, if they, especially if they weren't going into work. And <laughs> dreams came to the fore as never before with the lockdown dream phenomenon. Yeah. But yeah. Just going back to your previous point, though, about coming to this later in life, if I could, it's always a joy to me when I have people bring their their 20-year-old children to my workshops. And I just think, wow, if I had known these things when I was younger, and yet you see the perfection in how life unfolds. We're supposed to focus on family. We're supposed to focus on career. And then as those lose their focus, then we change our view and we start taking a deeper dive. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting we say the demographic that you have a really big following, Suzanne. I mean, and, and and quite rightly so. I mean, you come with authority, gravitas, and you also have the ability to mainstream this in such a common sense way, which I adore because um no disrespect, but often in the spiritual movement, sometimes it just goes too away with the fairies for me. Uh, That's it. I, 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 I love that I can embrace all of it. And yet it's just so clear to me that my path is to mainstream this because yeah. 
we, we, we all need to understand this awakened way of living with that. You, you mentioned at the beginning in my biography, the awakened way is, is very simple. It's just recognizing you're not only human and you're part of one big web. And this creative force that animates everything is love. It's so simple, but that first one, you're not only human. So if you're not only human, what are you? That is the key. That is the whole crux of my teaching. And I want people to, to realize that it doesn't mean you're, we shouldn't look at fairies and extraterrestrials and all that, but let's look at what, what brings meaning to our lives here and now. And that's tapping yeah. into the deeper parts of us, the soul. I could not agree more. And again, thank you for doing it in a common sense, practical, accessible way, which was my question I was going to ask for your demographic. What, what, you know, is it all age ranges? You're saying that, you know, that people are bringing their, their young children. Um, it it is, it is expanding to all ranges and we do see more and more men coming to my classes. Now mm -hmm. I just did a big retreat last month and many more men than normal so the demographic is mostly 40s, 50s, and 60s. The majority are women, but that's not a surprise because they're more apt to feel their feelings and and yeah, you know, yeah. want to feel that intuitive connection. But again, those are just that's just the bell curve, the ones in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also finding that the younger generation is much more open. Oh yeah. To the spiritual message, I have been shocked actually because you know, uh, you know, I, I thought I was sort of ending my career because I've been around a long time, and it's sort of like had a bit of a renaissance because the younger generation really wants to hear this. This is what I'm sensing. I don't know about you, but they want a different way. Yes, yes. I watch my my younger niece, and and then I. I see who she's following, what she's listening to, and they definitely do. And more and more people, you know, getting into yoga, not just for the exercise portion, but that connection aspect of it, the spiritual aspect of it. It's beautiful. Now, you are mainstreaming this. How is it the media, the mainstream media? That's, this is interesting. Um, as I said, I found that I, I, I do get a lot of requests now, but it's mainly for dream interpretation, talking about dreams, because it seems like the media gets that. We all dream, and even if you're skeptical, Everybody has fun thinking about what their dreams mean. And for me, that's kind of the portal, how I get in and to try and talk about dreams in the wider picture. With your message, are you finding that the mainstream media is engaging with you or is it very much stations that are in tune with mind, body and spirit? Oh, the latter, for sure. I don't mm. even I don't even try to get out there. It's very organic right now. And I love yeah. how it's grown because people are hungry for this. So those who are hungry and thirsty will find what they need here. And the others, I don't push it because I just trust spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, spirit trusts you, you clearly. So what's the vision, the future, the mission for what you're doing, just more of more of what you're doing and, and well, you know, it's, pace. it's funny because I have been uh, communicating with my group of guides who we call Sanaya, uh, for over 10 years, and I get daily messages from them. We have almost 5,000 daily messages and many, many what? sessions. 5, 
thousand. <laughs> yeah. How do you filter out what's relevant? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you can do that yourself very soon because well, within a week or two, we will have the Awakened Way app. So the future is using technology to help spread this. And it has the entire library of daily messages and we continue to get them every day. And so people will have something uplifting and inspiring to look at right there on their phone every day. And it has this beautiful button that you can push and say, which of the messages will speak to me particularly today? And you push the button and it, and it randomly picks out one from the entire library. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm getting tingles. I love, I mean, technology is incredible, yeah. isn't it? Now? Yeah. And in a way, it's very spiritual because it interconnects us. I know there's a lot of negativity about the online world as well, but that that's life. There's night and day and, you know, but the power of it to connect yes. people. I'm speaking to you here, Suzanne. I'm here in Windsor, UK. And you're, where are you based in the States? I'm in Hilton Head, South Carolina, right on the coast. Oh, I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, it is yeah. a miracle technology and well done you for doing an app the awakened way app and when will it be available again you said very soon oh i know that it will be available starting november 2022 so that's oh yeah oh and i'm gonna put this episode out in some at some point in november 2022 it's there then so just go to the app store on your device and search either my name or the awakened way and it's free. That's what I love is I try to put as much free material out there and nothing on it. You know, there's no subscriptions or anything. So I, I would, would love to tell you how that came about. I mean, years Jeez. ago, years ago, my guide said, you will be using technology to spread our words farther. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And I thought with, with my many YouTube videos that that was the way. And then out of the blue, about three months ago, a young man in South Africa, and you're speaking about the way we're, we're just communicating around the world with no trouble, reached out to me and told me that my work was helping him process some tremendous grief that he was going through and that he found the daily messages so helpful that he wanted to do an Awakened Way app as a way of thanking me. And I, at first I thought, can this be real? So I asked Spirit for a sign. I said, what sign are you going to send me if I can trust this man? And they showed me a hawk. And I said, well, it needs to be really evident and within the next day. And hours later, I was on a bike ride and a red-tailed hawk burst out of the bushes beside me at, at head height and flew along beside me with a mouse in, in its mouth. And I just started laughing. I said, that's it. Because I had to trust him so much to give him passwords and access to my website. He, he has been such a jewel, such a gem to this work that he's now my new IT guy. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And it was yeah. totally organic and genuine. And yes. that's the best. You're, you're absolutely living what yes. you preach. It's yes. about don't force or beg, attract. Yeah. And, he and he was in a job that he, he, he found depressing. And I said, let me pay you. Let, let me make you, let me show you what it's like to work in service to others and work from the heart. And he says, I, he already knows how that feels doing this app. It's, it's just a beautiful collaboration and you'll feel it in the app. 
It's beautiful. Oh, I'm going I'm to download it. I, I'm so excited. I, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm really bad at technology. That that's my my Achilles heel. Really, as I said, whenever I do an interview, it's never online. It's never the interview that worries me. It's am I going to get all the technology right? <laughs> that's probably my general. I'm getting better. I'm, I, I'm getting better. How exciting! Can I just go back to your your guides you were mentioning? Yes. People who haven't got experience of what it's like to have a guide and what it oh. means. Would you mind just clarifying a bit about that? Let me just say (laughs) that if I had known throughout my life that we all have at least one main guide who is with us always, I would have turned, shifted higher to ask questions throughout the day like I do now. I would have not struggled so much. We, We have these guides who are so much a part of us that we're not aware of it, like the hair on your head. You don't feel it because it's just part of you until the wind blows. And then, oh yeah, there it is. So all you need to do is say, I'm ready to believe I have a guide. Please make your presence in my life known to me and I will use you. And it's just beautiful. They're your best friend. They're right here. How would you how would you use a best friend? You'd ask for guidance. You'd ask for help. You'd thank them. You'd 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 just enjoy their company. And you can get to know your guides just in that three minute sip of the divine I spoke of earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But are your guides? I mean, when you say guides, do, do they have identities, personalities? Do you see them? You know, a, a lot of mediums or psychics I've spoken to, for example, they have um, you know, the characters or animals. Or I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't your- see. I don't see faces in any of my work. Uh, other than a few, I've seen a few. Some very, I saw Jesus's face. I saw the face of an, uh, let's see, what do you call him? A mythological figure. You can look at my video. She spoke to a Norse god. All of these. Oh, I, I, Sanaya is a collective consciousness. I, William James, the philosopher, is one of them. Emmanuel Swedenborg is one of them. And I say this only, Teresa, because each time any being comes to me. I tell them, you have to tell me things about yourself that I couldn't possibly know. Give me evidence so that I can trust your presence. And Emmanuel Swedenborg described himself, told me all kinds of things about how he was an inventor. Before his time, he was declared a heretic. I then Googled him and all of these things were true. But more than that, I feel their personality because they're still beings, with distinct characters. So it's it's just fascinating when we open our mind to things that are possible beyond what we believe. Yeah. Currently, then our belief system expands and our experiences open up to wondrous, wondrous adventures that improve our lives and bring us peace and joy beyond anything we could have imagined. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning belief because you know, I do a lot of work in, in, in precognition, for example, and, and belief is key. If you don't believe in it first, less likely yeah. to attract it or to happen. And it's it's working on that belief. And that coincides, doesn't it, with self-confidence and belief in yourself, hmm. which is the journey of all our lives, really, isn't it? That's do you right. um, include um, your story? I have ordered it. It hasn't arrived yet. Your book still right here. You'd like me to comment on that, did you say? Yes, please. I mean, yes. your book, in the book, I haven't, I haven't, I have all, it's on order. I haven't got it yet. <laughs> it's called Still Right Here. I know you've written a book. I'm oh. just wondering what, what, if you include your story in there. And That's funny be, because, Teresa, I've actually written 13 and I just finished my 14th book. So 
Um, still right here is just one of several stories that I've written that give evidence that yeah. we are part of something so much greater. That one in particular is involving four families with children across the veil and how those kids brought us together. Wow. And so it's just a lovely story for anyone who wants to know that death is not the end and we can continue an ongoing relationship with our loved ones. Oh yeah. Death ends a life, not a relationship. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. So yeah, I mean, you've written 14 books. Congratulations. Which of those would you recommend people start off with an introduction to you? Oh, definitely messages of hope. Yeah. Messages of hope. And why is that? Is that because it's, 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 it's messages of hope as, as the title suggests? Uh, it's it- my, it's my story. And it shows that, that I, as a very left-brained person, a high-ranking military officer, if I can make this shift and, and come to an understanding of who we really are and, and communicate with beings across the veil, then anybody can do it. Now, whether or not it's your calling is a different story, but the book is laced with stories filled with evidence of communication that we've been talking about. And it, it will open others to having those types of experiences themselves. And what, uh, as well as the book, um, what's the best way to find out about you? Um, website, YouTube, social oh, media? Yes. Just, just Google me or my website is SuzanneGiesman.com. Scroll down to the bottom. There's a free e-guide there called Where Do I Begin? Because honestly, Teresa, there are so many resources on that website. So many people say, I don't even know where to start. So we, we've laid it out like a menu. What are you trying to achieve? Start here, start here, start here. And you teach courses. Do you have private clients or do you, is this not, uh, I just want to try to see, do you do uh, courses or? But I, my greatest passion is teaching others to, to connect for themselves and for others. So I do continue to do private readings, but only from those who've been on a waiting list and waiting about four years. So I, I can't, <laughs> I don't add to that list anymore because it just became uh, unmanageable. But those private readings do continue to provide ongoing fresh evidence that life is eternal. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, I I could talk to you forever. I wish time (laughs) wasn't running out. And um, it's just a a joy um, to talk to you, Suzanne. I'm so grateful. Before you go, I'm going to give the usual Lord of the Rings quote that I give my guests. And the one that came to you for you was, of course, Galadriel. It will shine still brighter when night is about you. May it be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. And that's how I feel you are, a light in dark places. Oh, beautiful. Have you got a a quote or a thought or a tip or um, something from a movie maybe or a song or anything to leave listeners with chores to reflect on and to think about? Yeah, one of my my favorite quotes from my guide, Sanaya is what do you do when the world gets you down? You realize this is not the only world and that awareness makes all the difference in the world. Oh, that's sublime. On that high note, Suzanne, thank you from my heart and soul for all you are and do and the gift of your precious time today. Thank you, Teresa. you from my heart and soul for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores 
sensitive, kind, compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help this earth heal and evolve. If you have any questions, stories or insights to share, I absolutely love hearing from you and aim to reply to everyone in due course. My website is www.teresachung.com. My contact email is angeltalk710 at aol.com. And you can message me via my Instagram handle, the Teresa Chung, as well as my Facebook and Twitter author pages. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude. <laughs>